Thank you for joining Bogard Press through the Bible Adult Study Guide podcast. This quarter, our study is entitled Christ the Faithful Servant, a study through the Gospel of Mark. During this study, we will follow the life of Jesus and recognize that true greatness lies in manifesting the spirit of a servant. You can purchase your copy of this book along with many other study resources on our website, bogardpress.org. So grab your copy of the Fall 2023 Adult Study Guide and your Bible and follow along. Today's lesson for October 15, 2023 is entitled, The Prominence of God's Servant. It comes from Mark chapter 9, verses 17 through 29. The key verse, And he sat down, and called the twelve, and saith unto them, If any man desires to be first, the shame shall be last of all, and servant of all. Mark chapter 9, verse 35. The application, The student will recognize that Christ is exalted above all others, whether prophet, priest, or preacher. Therefore, the student should exalt Christ in his life above all others. Seeking the Context Mark 9 opens with the magnificent transfiguration of our Lord Jesus Christ. Only Peter, James, and John were allowed to go with Jesus to witness it. We might wonder why, but the Lord had his reasons. Not everyone received the same blessings, and indeed, this is quite a blessing for these three. While praying on top of the mountain, Jesus removed his human form to display his full glory as God the Son. This was the divine glory he had in eternity past, prior to becoming flesh, and once again assuming after his resurrection. The transfiguration helps us understand the full glory of Jesus and that he is not just a man, but the God-man. Moses and Elijah, who were with Jesus, were also in glorious bodies, which shows that all believers will receive glorified bodies like Jesus in the resurrection. Luke chapter 9 and verse 30. In the resurrection, we will be like Jesus and shall share in his glory. Romans chapter 8 and verse 17. Luke told us that Moses and Elijah were talking with Jesus about his decease, which actually means departure or exodus, which he was about to accomplish in Jerusalem, Luke chapter 9 and verse 31. No doubt, this references Jesus' crucifixion. Unsure of what to do, but thinking they needed to do something, Peter suggested they build three tabernacles in honor of Moses, Elijah, and Jesus. He received no response from Jesus, but he did receive a message from the Heavenly Father. This is my beloved Son, hear him, Mark chapter 9 and verse 7. The Father was telling Peter and us to talk less and listen more, especially to what his Son said. The transfiguration shows us clearly the divine nature of Jesus, but it also contains the gospel. Jesus would return to his former glory, but only by way of the cross. While Jesus, Peter, James, and John went down the mountain, Jesus told them to tell no one of this experience until after he had risen from the dead. Mark chapter 9 verse 9. Jesus mentioned his resurrection because it would be the first time when he would once again be in his glorified body that these disciples had just seen. The disciples did keep it to themselves, but all the while wondering what Jesus meant 
by rising from the dead. The disciples had not yet fully grasped the gospel, the death, burial, and resurrection of our Lord. Our lesson today comes from Jesus healing a demon-possessed boy who suffered from being deaf, mute, and epileptic. We shall see that only Jesus could heal the boy with an emphasis placed on faith. Jesus spoke of a faithless generation. The father of the demon-possessed boy struggled to believe, and Jesus pointed out the lack of faith among the disciples. How did the transfiguration of Jesus help the disciples believe? How does it help us to believe? Searching the text. Number one, a faithless generation. Mark chapter 9, verses 17 through 19. And one of the multitude answered and said, Master, I have brought unto thee my son, which has a dumb spirit. And wheresoever he taketh him, he teareth him, and he foameth and gnashes with his teeth, and pineth away. And I spake to thy disciples, that they should cast him out, and they could not. He answered him and said, O faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring him unto me. On the day following the transfiguration, the disciples found themselves entangled in a dispute with the scribes. It was likely over to the disciples' inability to heal a demon-possessed boy. Before Jesus could wrangle with the scribes, the father of the demon-possessed boy cried out to him for help. Luke told us that the boy was his only child, Luke chapter 9, verse 38. And I can only imagine the desperation of this father as he described the horrendous condition of his son. If something was not done, the boy would likely die at a young age. Jesus' response is a bit surprising. O faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring him unto me. Mark chapter 9 verse 19. The context in that he used the term generation indicates that Jesus was addressing the crowd. On several occasions, Jesus rebuked the unbelief of the Jews for their desire to always seek a sign. Matthew chapter 12, verses 38 through 40, chapter 16, verses 1 through 4, and Luke chapter 11, verses 29 through 32. Jesus' miracles were meant to bring people to faith in him. John chapter 20, verses 30 and 31. But these Jews had seen plenty and were no closer to faith. They were indeed a faithless generation. I am reminded of Jesus' words to doubting Thomas. After the resurrection, Jesus had appeared to the disciples, but Thomas was not there. When the disciples told Thomas that they had seen the resurrected Lord, he said, Except I shall see in his hands the prints of the nails and thrust my hand into his side, I will not believe. John chapter 20, verse 25. Eight days later, Thomas met the Lord himself, and the Lord said to him, Reach hither thy finger, and behold my hands, and reach hither thy hand, and thrust it into my side, and be not faithless, but believing. Verse 27. Thomas believed because he saw the Lord, and the wounds in his hands and side. But the Lord said, Thomas, because thou hast seen me, thou hast believed. Blessed are they that have not seen, and yet have believed. Verse 29. Faith is not seeing to believe. Faith is believing without seeing. 
Jesus rebuked the crowd because they had seen and still did not believe. Our faith is based on the word of God, not what we see. For we walk by faith, not by sight. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7. Do you know people who will only believe what they see? Number two, help my unbelief. Mark chapter 9, verses 20 through 24. And they brought him unto him, and when he saw him, straightway the spirit tear him, and he fell on the ground and wallowed foaming. And he asked his father, How long is it ago since this came upon him? And he said, Of a child. And oft times it hath cast him into the fire and into the waters to destroy him. But if thou canst do anything, have compassion on us and help us. Jesus answered unto him, If thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. And straightway the father of the child cried out, and said with tears, Lord, I believe, help thou mine unbelief. In spite of the faithless crowd, Jesus agreed to help the demon-possessed boy. When they brought him to Jesus, the demon recognized Jesus and caused the child to convulse greatly. The boy had suffered with this condition from an early age and desperately needed help that only Jesus could give. Since the disciples had failed to help the boy, the father was uncertain if Jesus could do anything to help. Hence his word, if thou canst do anything. Verse 22. But the father begged for Jesus to show compassion and help the child if he could. He had come to the right person, for there is no other more compassionate and more able to help than the Lord. Jesus turned the father's statement of doubt if thou canst do anything, verse 22, into a statement of possibility, if thou canst believe, verse 23, it is faith in God for whom nothing is impossible that makes all things possible. When Jesus asked about his faith, the father admitted his struggles. Lord, I believe, help thou mine unbelief, verse 24. The father not only needed help with his son, but also with his faith. We all can relate to this father's faith struggle. How many of us have earnestly prayed for healing or help and yet doubts fill our minds? How many of us believe in our hearts and doubt with our minds? We are a mixture of belief and unbelief and we can learn from this father who went to Jesus for help. As the apostles want to ask the Lord, increase our faith. Luke chapter 17 verse 5, we should ask the Lord daily to increase our faith and help our unbelief. A word of warning is appropriate here. There are some so-called preachers who espouse the believe it and receive it or the name it and claim it false doctrine. Sometimes called the prosperity gospel, these false preachers claim that if we have enough faith in asking something from God, then he is bound to deliver it. I think they should read how Jesus prayed in the Garden of Gethsemane on the night of his betrayal and arrest. Abba, Father, all things are possible unto thee. Take away this cup from me. Nevertheless, not what I will, but what thou will. Mark chapter 14, verse 36. Would they say that Jesus did not have enough faith for God to take away the cup of his crucifixion? All things are possible with God. But as Jesus was quick to say, 
All things are not God's will. Pray in faith, but always bow to God's will. Can you describe a time when you prayed for something and yet doubted that God would say yes? Number three, prayer of faith. Mark chapter 9, verses 25 through 29. When Jesus saw that the people came running together, he rebuked the foul spirit, saying unto him, Thou dumb and deaf spirit, I charge thee, come out of him, and enter no more into him. And the spirit cried, and rent him sore, and came out of him, and he was as one dead, insomuch that many said, He is dead. But Jesus took him by the hand, and lifted him up, and he arose. And when he was come into the house, his disciples asked him privately, Why could not we cast him out? And he said unto them, This kind can come forth by nothing but by prayer and fasting. Even though this man struggled to believe, Jesus provided healing for his demon-possessed son. Jesus' healing power was not dependent on the father's faith. Jesus was simply encouraging the man to believe. As important as the healing of his son was, this man's eternal destiny was more important. Jesus encouraged the man to believe so he would be saved. Jesus once again demonstrated his power over the demonic world and delivered the son from the demon's torture. The demon's exit shook the boy so violently that he seemed to have died in the process. Whether he died or not is uncertain, but when Jesus took the boy by the hand, he arose completely well. I can only imagine the elation of the father when he saw his son completely healed. Though the Bible does not say, I want to think this man and his son became believers in Jesus Christ and faithfully served him throughout their lives. One final issue of faith involved the disciples who asked why they could not cast out the demon. Jesus said it was an issue of prayer and fasting, verses 28 and 29. Matthew gave Jesus' complete answer, and, and Jesus said to them, Because of your unbelief, for verily I say unto you, If you had faith as a grain of a mustard seed, ye shall say unto this mountain, Remove hence to yonder place, and it shall remove, and nothing shall be impossible unto you. Howbeit this kind goeth not out but by prayer and fasting. Matthew chapter 17 verses 20 and 21. Previously, when Jesus sent the apostles out in pairs, they cast out many demons. Mark chapter 6 verse 13. Why could they not do so on this occasion? The disciples had not acted in faith, depended on their own ability, and did not seek God in their efforts. Therefore, they could not cast out the demon. The phrase prayer and fasting expresses more of a mindset of dependence on and commitment to the Lord than a long season of prayer and fasting. The incident with the demon-possessed boy did not allow for a lengthy time of preparation, but did require the apostles to depend upon the Lord and seek him for the ability to perform the miracle. While miracle working is not available to us today, we are no less dependent on the Lord to provide us the ability to serve in his kingdom. Whatever our particular gifts and abilities may be, they do not replace the power of God to accomplish his work. As Jesus reminded us in John fifteen five, 
Without me, you can do nothing. Every effort we make in the Lord's work should be preceded by prayer of faith, asking him to give us the power to do it. This is what the apostles forgot. Can you describe a time when you failed in your service to the Lord because you forgot to ask for his power? Setting the application. Our lesson today has much to say about faith. We are saved by faith to live by faith. When Paul wrote that he was not ashamed of the gospel of Christ because it is the power of God into salvation for everyone who believes, Romans 1.16, he also said that the gospel is the way uh, to be made right with God and to live right for God from faith to faith, verse 17. We are saved by faith to live unto faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. Verse 17. Faith is believing without seeing. For we walk by faith, not by sight. 2 Corinthians 5, 7. It is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. Faith is based on the word of God not our senses or or emotions or experiences. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Romans chapter 10 and verse 17. And without it, it is impossible to please God. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 6. Have you been saved by faith? Are you living by faith? How can you live by faith this week? Thank you for joining us in another lesson of the Bogard Press Through the Bible Adult Study Guide podcast. We look forward to studying with you again next week as we continue learning from Christ the Faithful Servant. Bogard Press is the publishing ministry of the American Baptist Association. We exist to equip churches with the resources they need to carry out the Great Commission. These resources include Bible study materials for preschoolers through adults, including Sunday School, Children's Chapel, Baptist Training Course, Bible Challenge, and Vacation Bible School. Please visit our website to find all ministry resources you will need at bogardpress.org. That's bogardpress.org. Until next week, find daily encouragement from our daily devotionals at bogardpress.org.